Stay sure the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Jim Jam. As always, I'm Scoot Magoot in a very Aoti mood. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, as if people couldn't tell because of you know because the weather outside is frightful, but you know the fire is so delightful, and so is this podcast. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is the end of the year, and uh, with it comes uh, you know yearly lists. Uh, always sort of a hot button topic, at least for me. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to be good about this, um, and just push on and, uh, <laughs> and we're going to talk about, um, our, the beginning of our lists, which, uh, we are only doing two this year. Um, I think previous years we've done like three. Yeah. Uh, but so generally we do a, uh, we do a albums of the year list which will be next week, and then we do uh, sort of a discoveries list, which is this weekend. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I, I feel like we tend to um, be kind of fast and loose about our uh, our definition of, like, quote-unquote discoveries, um, because it's not... Like, the, the idea, basically, is just that we are talking about favorite albums that we you know, sort of either they clicked for us this this year or we found out about them this year but they weren't necessary that they didn't come out they weren't released this year um you know and so you know i i, I tend to kind of define it a little loosely just in terms of like you know if it's you know if it's an if it's an album by an artist that i already knew but it kind of made more sense this year but you know what have you i i i'll tend to just kind of go with that but um yeah, so basically we have uh we have ten each. I think we're just gonna just swap through these. Um Yeah, and, and yeah. kinda just to double down on uh the fast and loose yeah. thing. You know, again, <laughs> this is our podcast, we make the rules. Yes. Um okay. I have a few and I've done this I think ever since we started doing this. Uh some of these are genuine um Well, I mean, none of them are genuine discoveries in the sense that like None of these are artists that I, I didn't know about. Like, these are all artists that, you know, I said never listened to before or mm. in any, like, significant capacity. And I kind of, quote, unquote, discovered their music or discovered that I enjoyed their music to the degree I do. Uh, just because I feel like at this point, there are very few artists that I haven't, I've never heard of before, like, ever. Um, and actually, that th- probably some of the true, true genuine discoveries are actually for my albums of the year list, you know, not spoiler alert, but there's mm-hmm. some artists that I probably could have put on this list. That I never heard of them like, Oh, and that, that's usually where those kind of discover discoveries live as I've never heard of this artist before just released a new album. But, um, I tried to stick to artists that I, you know, I knew about, but just either I never really listened to them fully. And I finally checked them out. And it just was a huge hit or, and in a couple cases, just a huge reversal, in my opinion. Just, you know, I used to really dislike their music to a significant degree. And I, I just, for whatever reason, it clicked for me. Actually, the first one on my list, just because I put it in alphabetical order, is an example of that. So I don't know if you wanted to add anything, but I have a pretty natural segue there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the other thing I have to add is just I, I pretty much have the same thing, except, um, you know, I, I think there are a couple, um, you know, new ones for me um this year but you know not a ton i think i'm more it's more stuff i've known about but never really kind of poked my nose into um 
Yeah, so I guess we'll just start off, and why don't you start us off? And also, by the way, uh, we're we're doing these in alphabetical order, but we don't we didn't really see the point of numbering them. Um, though I, I feel like my my number one would probably be kind of obvious this year, but anyway, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. get to that. Um, um, yeah. So I I'm gonna try to do the opposite of what I usually do with my albums of the week, where I have this long preamble until I finally <laughs> announce. I finally say the name. I'm just going to be pretty upfront and that you'll kind of like flip the script. Uh, so my first one is, uh, I, I, I'm going to just try to pronounce this. It's Enol Nathrak. Oh yeah. Um, okay. I previously in a past life reviewed, I want to say it was, Oh, it was, it was a Vanitas, which that was very much in a, in a past life. It was either that or, to Cedaratum. But man, like they have released a ton of albums since then. Holy crap. I didn't even realize that. Anyway, uh, they're, they're very prolific recently. I just did not like... It felt like they're one of those bands that they kind of have a blueprint for almost every song. They switch things up here and there. Mm. But not... Uh, I just thought it sounded too clean. I mean, the whole their whole shtick is blackened industrial grindcore, which sounds really cool on paper, um, their newer albums just had a really clean veneer over them because while they have a live drummer, they don't, they use drum, drum programming on the record. So it just sounded very, like it, it sounded like a drum pro. It just sounded like, Hey, I just programmed a blast beat and it's super fast. Isn't that cool? And it's like, well, not really because you're having, you're having a program do it. Um, and isn't ironically, that what, um, isn't that what agoraphobic, uh, agoraphobic nosebleed does? Yeah. Ironic. That's actually another reason I haven't really. You know, I've stuck more. I've stuck to Pig Destroyer from that. You know, from that general universe more. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the Scott Holliverse. Yeah, the Scott. <laughs> I, that actually works really well. Um, You're welcome to. Ironically, <laughs> what, we, what made me check them out is, uh, I think it was a conversation I had with someone, or maybe it was just a thought I had. I don't know how to give credit to. It was after the release of Indarkenment in 2020, which the album cover was a severed pig heads with uh, two penises coming out of the eye holes. <laughs> So that was kind of, I would say, a personal low point with uh, my perception of the band. But it actually was one of their more highly rated albums, at least that I saw, in a while. And I think someone mentioned that, you know, if you don't like the cleanness, why not just go backward to their earlier stuff? Mm. So I kept that in the back of my mind, and I found their album Eschaton uh, that came out in 2006. It was their third album. And it was pretty cheap, and I bought it. And then later on... Actually, pretty recently, I found a, their debut, Codex Necro, and nail on the head. That exactly... Because, I mean, the combination of black metal, grindcore, industrial themes sounds cool on paper. And I think it really, really works best in this kind of... You know, Eschaton's a little bit cleaner. Codex is really raw. And I actually prefer Codex Necro because it just... You know, yeah, it sounds fast, and if you if you pay attention, you could say, "Wow, those are like those blast beats are probably a little bit faster than you know an actual person might be able to play." <laughs> um, but like, it just it's all things that I like. You know, you have kind of the the black and sinister atmosphere. You have like cool industrial elements. It's just really fast, really heavy, and again, it doesn't sound too clean. I think like kind of the rawness of the production, the fact uh, you know it's probably a little bit more loose around the edges because it was at the early in their career they hadn't really fit into a groove um pretty big reversal for me because i always i always thought they were pretty overrated for that you know for the fact that 
you know, the thing that everyone loves, how fast and intense they were, you know, is, is pretty significant, you know, pretty significant chunk of that is due to a machine. Mm. But I think that that, it, that is less of a factor in their earlier materials. So I think I'm going to slowly make my way through the discography because I really did enjoy those two records a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like when bands click for me and this on paper, it, you know, makes so much sense that I would enjoy this project. So yeah, that was a pretty big one for me. Yeah, I, I, I think I vaguely remember you talking about uh, an Alnathrock. Uh, I think I picked Escaton from yeah for my album of the week at some point. Um, yeah. So if I remember correctly, but uh, maybe I mean I I do remember you talking you know, saying that you kind of had a little bit of a, like an about face uh, about uh, the band, but yeah, no, I, this is really cool. I mean, I I remember um, listening. to, I think it was Desideratum. Um, way back when that came out, which I think that was like 2014, 2015, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I remember digging that, but I never really listened to it too much. So I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you definitely, you know, have sort of found sort of your own little place that you can kind of uh, expand from uh, yeah. with the discography. Absolutely. Um, and just one quick overarching note I forgot to mention yeah. is... I finally, as I, I think I mentioned a few weeks ago or several weeks ago at this point, I finally scanned all my stuff into Discogs. Oh, so nice. in 2022, this is going to be a lot easier to do <laughs> because I, I like, you know, I, I could look through like my bull moose orders and my, you know, Discogs purchases, but I scanned them all at the same time at one point. So I didn't have a clear picture of what was a new purchase yes. in 2021. Yeah. So now it'll be literally everything is scanned in 2022 it'll be much easier. But I, I think I found a good list and I'm glad that North Rock is on it. Yeah. So, yeah. without further ado, what's your first pick? Yeah, it's, um, so, A is, uh, I only have one, I, I don't know why I started off with my, <laughs> my feel like that. Um, but my, my first, uh, pick is, uh, Active Child. It's, uh, You Are All I See. Ooh. Um, yeah, you know, you turned me on to, uh, to this dude, uh, earlier this year. I don't remember the exact episode we were talking about, um, I, I, I know it had to do with how to dress well, um, at some point. And, um, yeah, I, I just found, I, I was just really taken with this thing. Um, you know, I spent a good portion of like, you know, I think March of like my March and April probably, uh, listening to like, you know, uh, holding, uh, hold on. And, you know, like a couple tracks like that, High Priestess. And, you know, I finally bought the album, uh, you know, a little later. And yeah, it's just, it was just, you know, just a great little album of just kind of like all R&B, but just beautifully, beautifully done, you know, really beautiful string, you know, uh, just harp, harp usage, um, you know, I'm playing house with, uh, with, with, with how to dress well is just an awesome track too, even though it, it does kind of like stand on its own sonically yeah. in, in yeah. the track, in the track listing, but yeah, just Overall, just a great fucking album. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't listen to as much R&B. Um, I think this is just kind of, you know, it was, a, it was a nice little pick that's kind of different from what I usually listen to. So, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really have a ton to say about it, honestly. It's, no, I, I, yeah. I, I think it kind of like, I already, I think I already talked about it before. So, um yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember the specific conversation where I brought this up too, but I think I mentioned the effect that that was a great song and I like that album. And you're like, I've never listened to that. I was like, really? It's one of those where, and I know I've had this 
too with you know with you before is that you know I mentioned something I haven't listened to you're like man you would you would like that and it was I was glad to be proven right because I was like yeah just based on the fact you like how to dress well you like kind of that you know some of the other things that you enjoy I was like yeah this that makes perfect sense so yeah I'm glad that clicked for you I I think there was something to do I think we were talking about string work or like you know like harps or something like that and I I think you just I think you talked about how to dress well oh um, yeah that 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 sounds right yeah um that but, sounds right yeah hey, anyways um, so, what so you, keeping what with our next? alphabetical yeah. theme uh, i have a b artist next it's not it's not we're not gonna keep i mean i i mean i we, i will but <laughs> yeah so. i mean i do have abc with them from there but i, I mean also we, we didn't each pick 26 artists so that's yeah. probably for the best next uh, year <laughs> this is kind of a i have a few like uh normie picks so to speak um but i don't know i'm i'm glad that i finally checked these guys out uh Black Keys. Oh, um, yeah. I actually bought a copy of Magic Potion a little while back, and it just, it's one of those, it was just one of those, you know, guitar-drum combos, or like one of those bands where an instrument is missing, and it was noticeable. Like, the lack of bass, it just sounded very, very... Um, Apparent. Uh, oh, what, what, like... What was the opposite of um, my my music knowledge is kind of failing me right now, like the music, of music bass. or language, <laughs> or both actually. Just is very like I don't want to say tinny, but very like uh, I guess tenor, like just like very. Yeah, it was too too, too, too treble heavy. Yeah, a treble. Thank you. It was, yeah. yeah, it was just it was almost too sharp. Like there just wasn't enough. Like especially for like blues rock, it was just weird to have a lack of bass. Mm. Um, and I know there are some earlier records that are much more, you know, like Thick Freakness, Rubber Factory, uh, R2 in particular, that get a lot of love. But, I mean, those were those were preceding the album I had trouble with. So I was like, well, I don't know if that would really... You know, I don't know if it makes sense to go backwards, you know, if, if supposedly this is a, you know, a newer, you know, better production value, you know, more refined version of what they had. Um, so eventually I pulled the trigger and bought Brothers and El Camino just because those are probably their two most well-known albums. And I think, I mean, they must have, uh, I, I, they either like had session musicians or they just incorporated additional instrumentation because both these records are just so, so much better. And they, I mean, obviously they have, uh, you know, uh, Lonely Boy is a great yeah. track. Um uh howling for you um tighten up uh there's just there's so many great songs in this and they they were i really liked magic potion oh, from a, gold on the ceiling a, yeah i really like magic potion from a songwriting perspective but um I, I i just really i really couldn't get past the fact that it sounded really hollow and the fact that clearly you know they have plenty of albums under their belt much better songwriting yeah i'm really glad i finally gave these guys another chance because i was very very underwhelmed by um by magic potion and ironically it was one of those cases where uh i i think the cover is really cool it's like an ornate it's like a drawing of an ornate like egg with like like a bejeweled egg oh yeah yeah and it's it's really caught my eye but and i think that the the covers for alcamino and brothers are kind of 
Oh, bad. <laughs> we we we've talked about the El Camino cover before. How yeah. how it's you know I I I still I'm really hoping I, I think it's out there that somebody photoshopped yeah, um, it, Good Kid Mad like, City onto yeah, it's it. Like, it's like it's like uh, white trash Good Kid Mad City. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's why. Yeah. My, yeah what, what, what's your favorite Kendrick album? My favorite Kendrick album is El Camino. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. So yeah, really, it, it's weird thinking that that album is a decade old. Like, yeah, like they, it sounded, I mean, in a ways it did sound very 2010. Uh, yeah. Both, both records sound very 2010, but it is weird to think about. Yeah, well, I, I just remember when I first heard that album, I, mean, I, I was working uh, holiday, uh, like holiday seasonal work in Newbury Comics. I remember that because you said how much you fucking, <laughs> you fucking hated El Camino. Yeah. I think it was only because they, play, they played it well, so much. You know, what's funny? you know what other album that they played there, uh, and they only played it once, but I hated it still, was um, uh, Tom Waits' is As Bad As Me. Um, and I, th- That was the first time I'd ever heard Tom Waits, and I was like, nope, no thanks. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I you know, so, so younger me can just go fuck right off. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, my uh, my next pick. I'm, I'm assuming you, you're yep. you're also yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right, go yeah. Ahead. My next pick is uh Boris. It's uh Boris at last slash feedbacker. Okay. Um, yeah, I I picked this up earlier this year. Um, because I, I remember it just always being around. At Bulma's and um, yeah, I mean, great album can confirm. You know, I I think it's, uh, you know, I I've never really uh, ventured too far into sort of the like the drone um, sort of more stylings that Boris has done throughout the years. I've always like you know I I've listened to more like like Pink and uh, and uh, what was it? I think the Noise was the album. It's the one with the chair on it. Um, and the, the, both of those are, are much more on like the stoner rock, you know, like, like definitely more, more active spectrum, you know, than more of like a, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, even, I feel like Boris's version, like the way they do drone isn't necessarily like a meditative thing. Like it's, it's, it's active in its own way. Um, but it's, yeah, nonetheless, just super interesting. Um, you know, really interesting album cover too. <laughs> But um, mm-hmm. yeah, this was just a great album. I, I'm I I think if I remember right, Third Man Records actually put out the reissue for it, uh, which is Jack White's label. Which I'm I'm oh. knowing you, I I I think we'll be talking more about him uh, a little later on. But um, yeah, I I I'm really hoping that he does uh, a couple reissues of like um, Amplifier Worship because that would be really cool. Because I I would buy that in a second. I. Like I remember, like really being interested in that album back then, especially with the frog. Just like the album cover is just so. Uh, Boris just has some of the most interesting album covers, honestly. They um, do. Yeah. I mean, I the the uh, homage to Nick Drake fucked yes. me up for a long time. I legit was just like, I mean, cause just because it's so to a T. Um, yeah. They recreated it. That like I just I didn't even know that it was. Uh, I just saw, I saw them and just assumed, oh, okay, that's, yeah, it's the same album, it's the yeah. same people. Yeah, the, 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 that's what I thought too. Like, <laughs> like when I saw it, it was like, like when I I saw that first, and then I saw the Nick Drake cover, and I was like, what? Yeah. Why is Why is Nick Drake ripping off Boris? <laughs> <laughs> oh yep. man, <laughs> just I'm I'm really just shitting on my past self here. Uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I uh, I really haven't listened to this album a ton because I've just kind of. 
you know, I I, I finally hit uh, a thousand albums. Um, I think last time we actually our last CD buy actually was was going over a thousand right then. Uh, so you know, I've had a lot more to listen to <laughs> mm-hmm. over the past few months and stuff. So you know, but I really enjoyed this thing. So it was worth it was worth shouting out. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've. I, I've uh... I haven't really checked out a ton of Boris, but everything I have listened to has been I've enjoyed. So I really need to. Uh, that needs to be a resolution for 2022. Yeah, I mean they um, they have a new album coming out in Jan- either January or February on uh, on on Sacred Bones actually of all, of all places. Um, so I'm I'm definitely interested in in talking about that possibly. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we're gonna stay in the metal. Sphere. Uh, this is an artist that. Wait, I said I was not going to do this. Uh, <laughs> I, so, I, I, I like Scott's stories. <laughs> no, but uh, well, I guess it, quickly. This is an artist that a lot of artists, you know, in the progressive death metal sphere that I enjoy. Uh, people have you know compared oh. them to, so I figured it was time yeah. to check them out. Uh, Cynic. Uh, they. Oh. I think I was just doing a rant. You know, when I'm, I'm trying to like round like this is a specific thing I want from Bull Moose. And I'm trying to hit the $35, you know, free shipping threshold. Yeah. I'll just like, I'll just, I'll, that. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just search a bunch of things and see what comes up. And I just searched, I don't know why Cynic popped into my head, but I searched them and both Focus and, um, Trace, I think Trace, yeah, Trace, thank you. Uh, they both were like pretty affordable. And like, I had never seen Focus available from Bulbas before. So I grabbed both immediately and wow, I, I ended up, finishing out my discography because all all of focuses or all of cynics stuff was pretty cheap and then I, I think i used some credit or whatever to buy their most recent one which is actually really good um but yeah i mean it's super i mean bands like the faceless i mentioned a ton but like pretty much any like spacier proggy or atmospheric death metal band uh they i mean it's pretty obvious that you know in some way shape or form they're influenced by cynic uh which is interesting because i don't I mean, I think Focus is is the most the only album that's like super obviously a death metal album. Mm. Uh, they definitely became their own beast and were really. It's just really interesting. Like everything about it is like you know they, they sometimes it'll get a little heavy, other times it'll get really really airy. I don't know. I feel like they they strike the balance between, I mean, they're still definitely a metal band, but I just, they, there's so many interesting ideas they, they bring to bear. Um, I think some of the new agier things they incorporated on like, you know, carbon based anatomy kindly meant to free us are a little, um, not my, I would say not my favorite parts of their music, but, uh, especially like the vocoder is like really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, I know it, that's something that the faceless does a, a lot and I, people would always say, oh, that's like they're ripping off cynic. Uh, I still love the faceless, but yeah, kind of, <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I, I love like that. That's probably my favorite part of listening to veil of Maya actually. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's just a um, veil of Maya. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I, I always thought that you were a fan before this. Uh, I, it's one of those things where I, I just always assumed I would like them, but I never found. I don't think I'd ever listened to a full Cynic project just because oh, I don't know. I you just, know what? I, I I think I'm mixing them up with um with Atheist because I remember you I I, you, I remember oh, you being yeah, a big I, Atheist fan. I, I do like Atheist. I think what gave me pause and was 
actually it was confirmed but ended up not being an issue it was just i gravitated more towards their contemporaries who were squarely that you know atheist is is definitely a death metal band you know uh you know pestilence uh obviously death for example like um basically i mean what cynic did was just take that kind of death you know early prog tech death formula and just extrapolate the melody and the prog elements to a much much heightened degree mm. and it, it works a lot you know obviously you know if you want to look at it like look at it this like this it's at the expense of the really you know more heavier intense death metal stuff but i mean it's still there it's just that it's 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 more nicely paired with these additional elements so yeah it was one of those I was glad that I randomly decided to search that when I did, and I was like, "Oh, I, you know, s- scooped up those albums." And yeah, I, I'm definitely a fan. Uh, and nice. It, it makes it makes sense. You know, it always made sense why I would be a fan because I like b- bands that were very obviously influenced by Cynic. But you know, now it's it's just nice to nice to finally confirm that. Yeah, no, that, that that's great, man. Um, I guess yeah, I, I guess for my next, I, I also have a C. Um, and that's uh, mm. Coil. It's uh, Love Seeker Domain, uh, mm. which we talked about because uh, you, you actually picked it out. Uh, you found it in uh, Bullmoose for me. Um, and it, you know, I, I think we were talking about it in our CD Bias episode, and I mentioned that it was it, like people, I, I, I guess they were going kind of like in like an acid house direction, mm. uh, which sounds bizarre for a band like Coil to go in. And uh, listening to it, I'm like, y- like, I can see what people are talking about when they describe it like that, but it's really not an acid house album. It's it, like, it, it's a coil album, you know, like coils, like their own thing. Like they, they'll take in other things, but like, it's ultimately like this weird, you know, thing that's just entirely itself. You know, there's a lot of just, I, I think if anything, there's just a lot more um, movement. I think, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's less plotting in a way. Um, than I think, you know, previous Coil albums have been. Um, but yeah, it was, it was super cool. I mean, the, the album cover is just insane, you know? I, I It's just super cool album cover. Um, yeah, it was just a really great album all around. Just really, really interesting to hear, you know, you know, people who, you know, like, they're basically just like one of the bands that just straight up invented industrial music, you know, mm-hmm. and just to see them sort of incorporate you know, something more, you know, uh, I guess less experimental in a sense, you know, into their music was, was really cool. Uh, in, even though it didn't, it didn't like overshadow the fact that they are just very much their own beast. Um, yeah, just, just a great, great. I'm really, really lucky to have found that lucky that you found that. Yeah, honestly, I, uh, in hindsight, I was like, maybe I should have kept that. It would have been a really nice Christmas gift. But uh, I mean, I, I, I like what I got you for Christmas, so I'm I'm not that sad ah, about okay. it. But but I uh, yeah, I, I when I saw it, it, it just seemed like a great, you know, a great find for you. I'm actually yeah. not surprised it ended up on this this list. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it yeah. was yeah. I mean, I, I I do love me some coil. So <laughs> well, cool. I can't wait to talk about the complete opposite of Coil with my next pick. <laughs> I also would like to announce that Hell is Frozen Over because this is a band. I the Eagles? It. No, not That's an Eagles joke, by the way. I, I don't know uh, how many people are going to get that. but um. <laughs> I'm pr- I was going to say I'm pretty indifferent to the Eagles. Uh, yeah. Probably more negative indifferent. Like on, on the scale of like 
yeah. lawful neutral. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's God's lawful neutral yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say... We, we should do D&D s- music alignments. Okay. That, that should, should be an episode right there. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say this band and then try to justify it after. Um, fun. And the lead singer's <laughs> previous project, The Format. Oh, I, 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 fucking... I, I thought, like, it wouldn't boring be as... Uh, ha 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 ha! No, yeah, <laughs> boring period would be as um, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm, I, it, it's okay. I'll shut up. <laughs> I I I I remember specifically. There's one song. It, it's it's some nights off of their that thing. Yeah, the, it's the where he just has this awful auto tune, and I was just shopping at Newbury Comics, and for that point forward, I just real. It was that, and also the fact that everyone was saying that like compared them to Queen. And I always took what? it to be like they thought that he would, they would be like the next queen, and that always pissed me off. Uh, after listening to their music, I think they were just comparing them to Queen because it's a very obvious influence. Like I don't think any, I don't even think if you ask them, "Are you the next queen?" They would be like, "Nah, fuck that." Um, I don't know, man. You know, it was one of those purchases. Uh, I was actually was at, um, I was digging through the three dollar UCD bins at Red Scroll, and they had that fun album for three dollars. And I was like, this seems like something warm. I'm like, it's three bucks, why not? And we're listening to it on the way back from Connecticut. And I was like, man, this is some fun-ass pop. I can't, like, I just can't, I can't deny it. Um, and actually, they're, ended up finding their, because it's fun only has two albums, and then the format, the main guy, I don't, I should start find his name and not call him the main guy. But the main <laughs> guy in fun, his previous band, the format, uh, those three records, they also had two albums, those three records are much better than the album. I totally get why Some Nights and then, um, uh, I think Tonight. Yeah. I, know, I guess there, I guess there was like I a fucking like a hate night. that song. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was a night theme with, uh, with fun. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the previous three albums that he recorded are just much, they're much more in like the indie-ish sphere whereas the you know i can definitely see why the the most recent album they released was very much uh uh very much radio friendly um but yeah i mean i i it finally clicked for me yeah, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't deny that you know it's it's all fun that's it it, it sticks true to its name um and it's, it's actually it's uh i guess i forgot that jack jack in was in fun really and that's kind of where he i mean it was almost a launch obviously he's been he's done he's made a name for himself ever since as a songwriter and then his own band bleachers which lauren really loves and i love too if i'm being honest uh, <laughs> but yeah i just it was a it was a it was a huge reversal for me because i hated fun for a long time <laughs> i hate fun <laughs> yeah okay, I know. Exactly. like he, it, it, the, the 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 band's name is just rife with jokes it, unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah yeah, but yeah, that's that's it. That's an interesting pick. I I think I remember you mentioning something like this earlier this year. Um, but I mean, frankly, I, after after the whole Limp Biscuit um, thing, which I I really hope they're coming up soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that like I I I feel like it's all gates open for for Scoot Magoot. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, my uh my next album is uh actually i think i talked about this before uh this is um the beloved music by uh chris corsano and paul flaherty uh corsano's a drummer flaherty's a saxophone player 
um, saxophone player, saxophonist, saxophonist. Um, <laughs> yeah, and this is just uh, an improvised album that they did, and it is fucking amazing. Um, I bought this album. I think I wasn't even through the first track, and I had already bought it on Discogs um, because it's just like, it, like I feel like this is just a perfect example of like improvised music and sort of showing off sort of the chemistry two musicians can have in an improvised setting. Um, this, this thing is just so amazing. And, and I've, you know, in the past, I, I, I've been very hesitant about, um, you know, sort of improvising percussionists. Um, cause I, I think sometimes, you know, like every, every few years, it feels like, uh, like a percussion album will kind of make its way through like the indie blogosphere. And, um, I, I always be vaguely interested in it, but I, I never quite get there. And mm-hmm. um, but like, you know, Corsano does a great does a great great job of making case for like improvised percussion. You know, like I I could listen to just a solo album of his own music, of just just him just him on a drum set, and I would still be blown away by by what he's doing. You know, he just has this way of really sort of being able to just. You know, it's almost like he's ripping out his heart and just dumping it on the bass drum. Like, (laughs) you know, it's just there's like this intimacy about it that I just really, really vibe with. Um, Yeah. And and obviously Flaherty's uh, saxophone, you know, work is just amazing, too. You know, he's he's really, you know, I I think there are a lot of parts where he's fiddling around with a lot of extended techniques. But I, I think what makes this album amazing to me is the way they use silence. Like there are just these these points where like they and, and again I, I think maybe this just speaks to the bigger conversation of the fact that they just they have this chemistry that they kind of know when to stop playing, or you know when one of them you know knows to stop playing, you know and sort of let the other one kind of go for a little bit and it just it just works so well and it's like I sometimes I feel like you you almost like 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 I feel like this is the type of music that. Um, Sometimes words can't really get to the heart of what makes it what it is. And it's mm-hmm. tough to describe sort of the, you know, the performance that's going on here without, you know, just saying, you know, go listen to it, you know. Um, which, by the way, go listen to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Well, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it's a great, great little album. Very distinctive album cover as well. It's just like two skulls kind of like facing each other, but they both have like really long noses. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um. Well, you you guessed it. Yeah. My next one is uh is Limp Bizkit. Uh, I'm not gonna spend like a ton of time talking about it because I already did at length a couple weeks ago. Oh, um, I, I, I th- th- that that whole thing made me so happy. <laughs> that's... I, I, I'm just gonna repeat what I said. It's it, you know it's it's as if you were saying. Uh, like is if you're criticizing Lucky Charms for being sugary cereal with marshmallows, yeah. Or, you know, all all it is is sugary cereal with marshmallows, and it's like, I mean, that's yeah, the fucking point. That's man. exactly what it is. Yeah. And I think, again, this is another like three dollar UCD buy Red Scroll, and it's not a three dollar bill, y'all. No, why? That's actually good. <laughs> it's a funny coincidence. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. From the moment that Nookie came on, the the the, the one two punch of Nookie and uh, Break stuff is just like fuck. <laughs> it's just it's it's such like a this is 
I totally get why this was peak new metal back of the day. I totally get why they were so, you know, so popular. Um, and honestly, kind of still are. Like, they, you know, it was amazing the reaction from people that didn't even expect to their newest album. Um, well, which I'm assuming yeah. you already have pre-ordered for the vinyl version, right? I honestly have not. Uh, <laughs> I have not listened to it yet, and I, I really need to. Uh, just well, because, I, I don't like, know. Just because I, I, I'm curious. I yeah. just I, people say that they were still able to recapture that magic. Uh, I'm not as confident, but I would. Well, also is West give it Borland a shot. even with the band anymore? Because I honestly, I, I don't I, know. I remember hearing that he left at some point. But I, I maybe he the, came back. I don't know. The album cover is 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 like a car. It's like cartoon, and they all kind of look silly. So I'm not sure. Like I feel like if you see a picture, you're like, oh yeah, that's West Borland. So I, can't, <laughs> I, couldn't really, I couldn't really tell from the photo of like which one's supposed to be who. Um, but yeah, it, this was this was the this was the dumb fun I needed to warm me up for the winter. How about that? It, it, it's we'll, it's good to have like these like quote-unquote normie picks i i i I, you know i object to the term normie because i think you just you you like what you like but you know there's nothing quite like you know being able to put on something that you know i that that that, that's just fun you know that's just enjoyable it it doesn't have to be this deep experience to be enjoyable yeah and if if limp biscuit can be my 1a pick for this specific slot my 1b pick can be exactly what you just said just uh you don't get extra points for like if you pick like a super esoteric album or or whatever. I mean, obviously, there's nothing wrong. You know, there's plenty of music that I like that you know the vast majority of people would be like, "What the fuck is that?" Like, it's yeah. super niche. It's super weird. It's super like you know difficult to listen to. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with listening to like just because you like you know I don't know. I can't think of like a fancy dish, but just because you like fine dining doesn't mean you can't like you know just a burger once in a while or a tofu in my case. Yeah, um, you know, or just, I, impossible burger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, just I, I feel like nobody gives a shit how complicated or simple the music you like is. I mean, I mean, it's, it, it's cool and if they do, fuck them. Frankly, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> there, there'll be some some people that disagree. Some people will be like, "Wow, that's a that's a weird pick, dude." Um, but, dude yeah so my yeah, man I was, I, I was i was really glad to finally um i don't know i i just i had been kind of craving that kind of dumb fun for a while and uh yeah it it certainly certainly hit the bill um, <laughs> so yeah all right well i guess uh i i I don't really know if I'd consider this a normie pick, I guess, but I this is probably the closest I get if if, if Active Child probably wasn't the epitome of that. Uh and it's uh I, I, I feel like I feel like I'm insulting you by saying that this is normie, but I, I guess I guess in the context of this list it is. But uh Tallahassee by the Mountain Goats. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, okay. we 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 talked about this at length uh earlier this year. This is one of the, I think we did this in February if I remember right. <laughs> February or March, and um, yeah, I remember. I just I really loved listening to this thing. I mean, you know, I who would have thought me me would like mountain goats? You know, <laughs> uh, certainly not me. I mean, yeah, that was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was just. It was. It's a very. It's a very enjoyable, pleasant album. You know, uh, kind of heart wrenching in its own way, but you know, the music itself is just 
you know, it it, it matches. It, it kind of works. I don't know. John Darnielle just has a way of writing a song, man. And he just, you know, along with that, just, like, the production on Tallahassee is just so good. Like, you just, you know, there's so much attention to detail and sort of, like, you know, including all these little instrumentation, like, all these little bells and whistles that, like, don't, like, overcrowd the mix, but, like, really add to everything. I, it, it was just, it was a great listen. I, I kick myself every time I come back from going to Bull Moose because I always forget to pick up a copy of Tallahassee. Um, though I, I don't know if it would be there because Bomus is kind of weird with their distribution lately, but... Yeah, when, anyway. when I first got into them, it felt like every time I went into Bomus, there was some, you know, there was some uh, used copy of an album of theirs I didn't have, but it's certainly dried up over time. I think the last time I went, just because I, I checked, I don't think I'm missing anything at this point, but um, yeah, it's definitely... I, I think it's it's if you're looking for like a contemporary ish folk album, this is a great pick. I mean, I've, I've spoken at length about how much I love the Mountain Goats, so I yeah. I can sign off on this. Yeah, it's a just really really great album. Really glad you made me listen to it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad to hear that. Uh, yeah. So we're halfway through, but not we're well over the 40-minute mark. So I'll, I'll try to go a little bit more quickly. Um, MIA. Uh, obviously, everyone has heard Paper Planes. It, it's a, I, I mean, I still think it's a good track. I mean, it definitely was played, played to, to death uh, at the time. But yeah. uh, I found a copy of uh, whatever. I mean, I, I bought multiple of her albums at this point, but... The album with Paper Planes on it, it's it, it's definitely it's interesting how Paper Planes took off. That that I actually didn't mean to make that pun, but uh, <laughs> oh, fuck I mean, you, it, man. Was, it, it was kind <laughs> of a pun, but because it doesn't really like it's like the least it's the most straightforward track I think of any like at all that I've heard from her. The rest of it is actually some really interesting like glitchy you know worlds influenced it genuinely you know kind of thought-provoking hip-hop uh it's a little bit difficult you can kind of i know like she's billed as like a political artist it's a little bit difficult to pick up just because of her delivery like a lot of what she's saying but just sonically it's a very adventurous album uh very Mm -hmm. adventurous hip-hop question mark i mean i guess technically (laughs) it is but it's just yeah, it's a it's a very very she's very very cool. I know that uh, the reception of her material kind of fell off after well, a while. She hasn't um, really put out a lot of stuff lately. Yeah, I, th- I think after uh, let me just quickly look it up. Uh, she she definitely hit a high point with the her first two albums i guess she, she had been kind of like on the mixtape scene for a little while uh she released uh arular which got a lot of uh, acclaim the album i was referring to is called kala which has paper planes on it which is really good and then maya is also uh, i think it was very it was a little bit mixed uh, a little bit more experimental but then after that she released uh, a couple albums that were kind of uh middle to claim supposedly she was supposed to really selling in 2021 i'm seeing just now i didn't hear anything about that um yeah i i didn't hear anything either and you you would think like you know fantano would kind of be all over that but yeah uh that's interesting i had no i had no idea uh that was the case but in, in any case 
really glad I finally checked her out. Obviously, she, you know, pretty pretty significant amount of acclaim for her music in the 2000s, so I'm glad that I finally checked her out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess next up for me is, um, and we talked about, I talked about this a couple weeks ago too, so yeah, I won't I won't keep it too long, but um, Blackboard Jungle Dub by uh, The Upsetters. Uh, okay. Probably the yeah the the just the first maybe only dub album uh even like you know vaguely reggae album you know i've ever gotten into um and part of the reason is just that it wasn't you know it wasn't filled with a ton of vocals you know like it had some but it wasn't all pervasive and uh you know just you could really i i could really hear the production going on you know and just you know i think given more of the context, you know, because we were reading uh, "Perfecting Sound Forever" by Greg Milner, um, you know, where he talked about the, you know, like in sort of getting that context, that historical context from it, and just being able to like kind of know what to listen for, uh, really improved the experience for me. Uh, not to mention the album cover is just really cool, just very distinctive, um, just kind of like a lion in a uh, in an army helmet. You know, it, it's just like it, it, it's just some great, great music that you know i'm I'm just kind of glad that i was able to kind of like um you know find find some way into sort of the general world of reggae and dub um mm. you know and oh, I'm, I'm hoping to make you know some more expansion there in terms of like you know albums out there in that genre um within like the next few years so yeah <laughs> nice yeah um we are continuing the theme of just completely polar opposite picks because <laughs> um, my next pick is Cyapus, uh which oh, is nice. um, yeah. one of the I don't know if major names makes sense because I, I actually think they were a little bit more understated for their scene but it was one of those you know 2000s math core metal core scene bands that a lot of people liked that I just never checked out, and I'm kind of sad I didn't because, well, I mean, you know, I guess time marches on. I'm glad I didn't at some point. Um, very, very good. Very, very good. Just, you know, what, uh, you have, like, what album are you talking about? Is it are, are Puzzling Encounters considered? Uh, I think that was the first one. It might have actually been Odd Senses. Uh, oh, right, right, yeah. That, and then I ended up buying all three eventually, but yeah, I just. Everything you wanted from that scene, you have kind of like the randomness, kind of the, the weird oddities thrown in. Uh, you know, obviously very heavy, but technically, you know, technically proficient at the same time. Just everything you wanted from like kind of the, the math grind, you know, kind of math core 2000s movement. Just checks all the boxes and is definitely highly recommend. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean... I, I think I was curious because I was having a nostalgia kick and I re-listened to our rest of the bear once and um, they definitely are a little bit more of a, a little a scenified take on that sound. So I went went digging back to kind of the you know the roots and I'm really glad that I finally checked out these guys because they are you know definitely an excellent excellent uh, example of why that scene was so popular. I remember listening to I used to own a copy of our puzzling encounters. Um, and I just remember being that, just like I remember that being one of the most like nuts albums I owned at that time, because it was yeah. just like, you know, if you had never listened to Mathcore before that, like it, it, it's like, it's such an eye opener, you know, and it's just like, wait, people like, 
people compose music like this? Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it, it, like, no, just, yeah. It, it's, it's like, yeah, it, it, it was definitely like, it, 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 it was a listen for sure. Uh, I think that that was kind of the reason I, I sold it initially, but, you know, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, but, you know. No, for yeah. sure. It, 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 that's kind of my thing is that I, I mean, I definitely appreciated it now listening to it, mm-hmm. but um, I definitely would have, maybe not appreciated it more, but I think it would have had more of an impact if I listened to it previously, just because it was like, wow, that, uh, that, <laughs> this is like way, way above my pay grade, so to speak, at the time. Yeah. Like, just like, this is insane. I mean, um, this was like, I think I was listening to, I, I might have bought, purchased like Option Paralysis before this. Um, maybe. I, I feel like I might have gotten our puzzling encounters before Option Paralysis, even. Like, I remember being, like, it was, like, my first semester of college that I bought that album. Yeah. It was, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just good good times. Um, I guess next is probably the most obvious album if you've listened to the last few episodes of, of this podcast. And it is uh, One of Chicks Point Ever. But uh, mm. specifically uh, the compilation Riffs, which is, like, a, a compilation of his first three albums. So I think it's... um. Betrayed in the Octagon, Zones Without People, and Russian Mind. And I think it has a couple of EPs kind of strung through a couple of those. Um, I mean, I, I I actually bought every single Monotrix One Never album. So um, I could put any album there. I, I feel mm-hmm. like they're all really great. I, 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 I Though I will say, I, I think Age Of is probably the most difficult out of all of them for me still to get into a little bit. But really really impressed by this you know i i I, i'm kind of kicking myself for how long it took me to kind of like for like opn to kind of kick for me um but i yeah i'm really glad i'm really glad it did um i i feel like i probably would just pick riffs out of all of them just because i i really love sort of that old school style that he does you know in, in his really early albums with uh like just playing like a geno 60 and just you know having like this you know very distinct style but that that's nonetheless influenced very heavily by you know something like tangerine dream or you know a lot of these um like quote-unquote like progressive electronic um artists you know but yeah it's just really creepy just he has this way of playing you know just of being like you know i've described this before as being like sonically uncanny um you know and just if you ever listen to the title track of zones without people like you really hear that like there's something like you know it, it listening to that song reminds me of like of just like listening like watching like old vhs tapes in a way mm-hmm. which i mean I, I guess it's kind of like what replica is too but like mm. i i feel the i feel it a lot with with zones without people of just like sort of finding something on a videotape that you weren't supposed to find and having that kind of like you know, kind of turn your world around, which coincidentally was kind of the start of all of this for me because I was listening to Replica very early this year and was very obsessed with it while I was working on a story that was about that exact thing of someone finding a videotape and having it, having it have something that uh, they didn't expect to find and having it completely turn their world upside down. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's... Uh... That's actually a really good way to put it, um, and I am glad because I, uh, you know, I've been a 
been a fan for a while, so it's really cool to, to see them, you know, see him click. Yeah. You. Um, so, you know, once again, complete opposite. <laughs> um, and again, this is, I mean, I'm going to say this, and you're like, wait, you never really listened to this band. Uh, Sublime. <laughs> um, I mean, come on, if you listen to rock radio, you know, Santeria, uh, Wrong Way, What I Got, but I just never put it on, you know, put it on and found their self-titled album, their last album, and eventually bought 40 Ounce to Freedom, and man, it's, I just feel like, in a, in, in a way, this is like a masterclass in making one genre palatable to a completely different set of fans, if that makes sense. I, uh, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Just, like, the way that they're able to kind of package ska and reggae and, like, those kind of genres up into, you know, something that'll, that'll make, you know, quote-unquote make sense for, you know, punk fans. Um, I, I think it really worked. And I, I, Ironically, though, like, they were, like, far after a band like Rites of Spring, right? Yeah. Um, or, or not, like, like, Operation Ivy, that sort of... Like, wait, wait, what yeah, was, yeah, but Operation—I don't. Operation Ivy never really. Like, I think like I don't think they incorporated. I don't know if any of their songs. They might have used a sax once in a while, but um, I think they mainly just did like you know like kind of the upstroke, you know, upstroke style and whatnot. Yeah, of, you know, of guitar playing. But they really like there are some straight songs that sound like straight up reggae. Um, you know, so others that are you know much more in the traditional ska vein than like the ska punk at the time. And then there are some, you know, genuine punk tracks too. Um, yeah, I just I, I thought this was a man. I thought this was really fun. I'm, I'm glad I, I finally checked them out. I mean, again, this is one of the one of the staple '90s rock bands, so it's a little weird to say, but yeah, they're no, just I, a they, they're a good time. Again, it's one of those like I totally get why they were popular I, back in the I, day. I'm, um, I am kind of surprised that that you weren't a fan before, or at least that you. I, I guess you really just didn't know that much about them. Well, but you know, they were just kind of the quintessential, like all the stoner kids. At yeah. My, you know, I mean, I guess all the stoner kids at every high school, like that was just, you know, every, they all had a sublime tee. They all love sublime. They, they, they all had they a just, Bob Marley t-shirt too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it just, it kind of, th- that, that was one of those, we all have like mental hurdles for stuff that, you know, it's, yeah. it's nothing about the actual music. It's just like, Oh, well, I don't, I don't want to be seen as a stoner. Like, I don't <laughs> like, I just like people were kind of lame that I know like them. So it's just, yeah. Kinda, uh, and it was like, like all the all the stoners that I could think of in my grade who were big into Sublime and whatnot. I was like, eh. yeah, so, like, I, I might here. as well t- I might as well talk to one of the brick walls in school. Um, <laughs> so, at least the brick wall would talk back, right? Yeah, that's, that's uh. true. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my next pick is actually the complete opposite of that, probably even more so than OPN, and it's uh, Opus Seventeen by Eliane Radig. She's a uh, French composer. Um, I, I talked about this briefly. She, this was an album of the week I did a few weeks ago. Um, this album is just, I think, almost entirely composed of feedback, of, like, tape feedback that she's kind of, like, spliced and manipulated in different ways. Um, yeah, I, just a really, really interesting listen. Uh, you know, I, I it, it's always cool to, you know, sort of take these little chances. Like, th- this was just a blind purchase for me off of, because um, it came out on uh, Important Records. Uh, and you know, just I kind of just got a couple albums for theirs, and just kind of was just like fuck it, here we go. And uh, 
pleasantly surprised. And uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm, I I mean, not only does that sound interesting, I'm really glad that we're keeping up the uh, polar opposite approach. It's kind of that's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of, of our picks, are, are you um, keeping it up again? Uh, yes, and also you already you yeah. already kind of tipped tipped the hand if you're kind of following alphabetically. Uh, I mean, I have to go with the white stripes uh, again. You know, Blue Orchid. My doorbell, Icky Th- like there's so many songs I could name that I was familiar with, but uh, it was really after reading, I think that I think it was after reading, uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom. I just it kind of in my head. I'm like, you, yeah, you, man, you I just should, needed I really... that garage rock. <laughs> yeah, and like, man, there's this is a goddamn good tunes. Like he he, um, I don't I don't know. I think kind of the the, the guitar god reputation of Jack White. I, I don't know if I don't know if my listening I mean he's definitely a good guitarist, you know, no, no doubt, but uh I think maybe just because what I like most about it was just kind of like the riffs. Like, you know, when you think of guitar guy, you think of like all the soloing, yeah. kinda, like that's the technical prowess, but I thought his best moments were just like super memorable, heavy. Uh I mean, you know, I mean, name name any given song like you know Blue Orchid, Seven Nation Army, just like really, really, um, just fucking good ass. You mean me and Six Country Legion? <laughs> that, that's that, I was, that I was gonna do that earlier. Be like, I I I remember this one song by the White Stripes called like Six Country Legion. Oh man, does that sound right to you? <laughs> that's really funny. That 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 honestly, genuinely took me a second. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, this is my my mind's broken, Scott. <laughs> there's, there's no other way around it. We got I I you know I used to I used to really fuck with the White Stripes back in the day, and uh, I ended up selling all my albums, and now I really want them back, and I've wanted them back ever since you were talking about them, if, like you know months and months ago. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> um, I, I always feel like I do that. Like you, you'll talk about like one album that you bought. I'm like, oh, fuck, I need to buy that now. <laughs> Just, um, yeah, I, I, I guess again to go opposite to you, but I guess kind of in line for what I've been doing is uh, Rainforest by David Tudor. Uh, and for those who are a little familiar, David Tudor is probably still best remembered as uh, an interpreter of John Cage's work. And famously was the pianist who played 433, or, you know, played 433. You you can't see the quote marks uh, (laughs) that that I'm doing, but yeah. Uh, And this is uh, probably one of his more famous pieces. It's kind of like this um, live electronics piece. And it's, uh, I I really can't describe this thing well, because it's just... uh, it, it, it's kind of like an artificial recreation of like natural sounds is like the best way I can describe it. But I don't know if he would describe it like that. But nonetheless, amazing, amazing album to listen to. Just like bizarre in some ways, but just so cool to just listen to on the basis of just it being just a pure sonic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'm not really like I'm not thinking about this in terms of like a score or like the exact nature of the performance or what technology he's using. I'm thinking about it just of like, this shit sounds amazing. Like just otherworldly almost. Um, 
Yeah, just highly recommend. Nice. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I haven't heard of a lot of, or not a lot, but a few of the your picks, but they all sound really interesting. Um, I I think if if this is this has maybe been my year of like diving deep into experimental music, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. But yeah, so highly recommend. So, <laughs> so my last one is it's definitely stretching the definition because I've been a long time fan of this band, but I had a little bit of an epiphany and grew to appreciate their newer stuff, which I thought sucked before I actually listened to it. Um, I, I gotta go with, with Slipknot, uh, just because, I mean, first of all, I hadn't listened to them regularly for a long time, and then after, uh, you know, I think it was after Joey, Joey died, I started listening to all their stuff, um, and then I, I, I talked about, I think on the podcast, out of nowhere, I started, uh, uh, I, I found, my friend reminded me that we bought tickets to see them live, um, and typically, like, or like I expected when they would play their newer stuff, I would just be like, oh, okay, like we gotta sit through this, and then, but specifically off their newest album, "We Are Not Your Kind," um, they played "Unsainted," which is the first track, um, you know, first track that off their off that album, and they played it live. I was like, is this what their new stuff sounds like? Like it was genuine, you know. I mean, it definitely was a little bit more. It was very much post volume three. Like I don't, it wouldn't have fit in on Iowa their 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 debut, but it was genuinely good. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, I didn't the gray chapter. It came out at a time that I just was very much like, oh, Slipknot is you know again normie is the, the word of the day, and I, I think it says says the guy who who has Limp Biscuit and Sublime on I on know. his on his list so when that came out when i was in college and i I was very you know i was kind of in the you know in the mindset of i don't listen to that kind of music anymore i think i judged it too harshly um we're listening to both or like buying and listening to both albums now i mean they're genuinely really good and it it makes it makes a lot of sense for where they are in their career like they're definitely not going back to like the wild like i mean they're older older guys they've been around for a while it's but i think it's Definitely, it's trending in a different direction because I I think All Hope Is Gone is a pretty good album. It definitely was the weakest so far in their career. I think it's trending up. Both those albums trended up from All Hope Is Gone. Certainly, We Are Not Your Kind. I think they sound reinvigorated. And I was, first of all, I was glad. I mean, it was just nice to get back to a concert again. Um, But Mm. it was also, it was just, it was funny how my friend texted me like, hey, are we still doing that? And I was like, are we even, are we doing that at all? Like, what are you talking about? And then I checked my emails. I was like, "Holy shit! Yeah, we are." Um, <laughs> and just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have picked it if it was just me, like totally rediscovering their music. Because obviously, I've been, I've enjoyed Slipknot for years now. But it was the fact that discovering their newer albums and actually giving them a fair shake, and them actually being really good and really enjoying what they had to offer. So, uh, I yeah, I was, I was having trouble with, like finding a tenth pick and. Then, like, you know, when that when that thought hit me, I was like, "Oh, I think it, in in the grand scope the scope of what discovery can mean, that's a pretty damn good one." Is that you know one of my probably they were probably my first favorite. They were probably my first favorite band that I discovered not from my parents. Like you know, my parents are weird, but like they listen to Rob Zombie <laughs> and Disturbed and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but like they were the, the first band that I like discovered on my own even like like Lincoln Park Meteor was the first CD I bought but like my my mom loved Lincoln Park 
So I just remember like getting into Slipknot and being like, this is my band. And like, I just had such an affinity for them. So kind of rediscovering to a lesser extent, because obviously I'm an adult now and it's not, you know, it's not like that their music doesn't wow me in the same way. Like their music fucking blew my socks off as like a middle schooler. Mm. We've never, never heard anything that heavy or never heard anything that weird. It was just crazy. Like kind of rediscovering that to even a small degree was really, really cool. And then, you know, on top of it to, and they, I guess they released a new single this year, which I haven't, I haven't checked out and I really want to, um, or rather I really should, uh, just seeing them not trend in a horrible direction, which is very, very common for veteran metal bands. I don't know. Just kind of cool. It was a nice, it was a nice discovery to bring things full circle. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, and they, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoy sort of, you know, uh, the latter half of of these guys because i think it, it it can it can be really difficult to kind of you know find like that to to, to make that work in your mind in mm-hmm. some ways like i mean i i still try to shy i still shy away from nocturnicate by the mars volta even mm. though like you know their first few albums are like you know instrumental sort of in sort of how i look at music now um yeah no i'm so yeah, I, I feel like that totally counts as a discovery in my mind. So, um, I guess similar. I don't know how similar this is, but um, uh, my final pick is actually uh, a various artist compilation, and it is uh, No New York. Um, it's the famous No Wave uh, compilation that kind of you know introduced the strange experimental rock movement in New York City to a wider audience, uh, produced by Brian Eno, of, of all people, too. Um, and had, I, I actually have almost every album from the bands that are in, or at least, a, like, an album from the bands that are in this thing. So I think, if I remember right, uh, Teenage Jesus and the Jerks, Mars, uh, James Chance the Contortions, and DNA. I think the only one I'm missing is Teenage Jesus and the Jerks. But, um, yeah, just really, really great uh, collection of tracks from from just this very, very small scene uh, that, you know, did not, like, go for too much longer uh, after this. And, you know, it was just, I, I always find, I, I No Wave is just such an interesting point in music history for me. And it's something, like, I really, I really would love to see more, you know, documentaries on um like in just like say you know i think it'd be so cool to just have a book that's just entirely dedicated to no wave because i think i think that despite the genres you know like uh you know brief stay you know i think it's just had like an indelible effect on music since so yeah um yeah that's so did you you just bought it this year i just yeah I, i feel like I feel like this is something you've been talking. I mean, maybe just in our different I, reviews over the years. I've, it's like, I've wanted to buy it for a long time, uh, yeah. um, but I've never listened to it in full. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I have listened to stuff by every everybody else that that's on this compilation. I think before yeah. this thing. Yeah. So. yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I think that's cool. Like uh, when you finally buy something you've been wanting to. I mean, I'm sure if I put my thought to it, I could think of examples uh, i guess that that demigod album i found for three bucks at red school like that finished up yeah. that album 
Like that was, you know, when you finally buy something that you've kind of like had it on your radar for a while. Cause yeah, that, that, that's something you've talked about for a while. Obviously, I mean, it's a, had played a big part in, um, that scene and it's, it's really cool that you're able to find it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised I was able to find it for a semi decent price. Um, but yeah, it was just, yeah, I've really lucked out with that. I mean, I also managed to buy um, a copy of, of Mars's, like, it's like a compilation of theirs. It's like, I, some of the stuff that I found this year that I'm like, I, there, there is no way I could have found this any other year, I feel like. Mm-hmm. like just just kind of luck out in Discog sometimes. Um, but, yeah, so that is, uh, those are our discoveries for this year. Uh, it's weird thinking about it after the episode's over, uh, you know, but (laughs) anyway, um, thank you for listening, I guess. And, um, we are going to be back next week with our albums of the year and our final episode of the year. The, uh, the big kahuna, so to speak. Yes. Yes. The, um, I don't have, I don't have one to, to, to beat that. Um, (laughs) all right. Well, have a good week. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor to, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishara Podcast on Twitter. And our email, I think, is Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.